It's official now. For the first time in over 50 years, the Easter Jeep Safari has been canceled completely. We take a look into the world of coil springs. And don't forget to share the Jeep Talk Show with your friends. Just tell them to go to jeeptalkshow.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, the web's premier source for the best parts needed by any Wrangler owner. Do you own a Wrangler? Well, then that means you. Go check out what Extreme Terrain has for your Jeep right now. And stay tuned. We got more from Extreme Terrain later in the show. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps. This show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about coronavirus. Jeeps. Jeeps. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, sure. Toilet paper. (laughs) I just don't understand the connection. I don't. Nope. Hey, I'm Josh, and by the time you hear this, spring will have officially sprung. Hey, that kind of goes in line with this week's Tech Talk, too. Howdy, it's Wendy, and I'm practicing social distancing with my Jeep. I'm Tony, and I want you guys to promise me, if I start to turn, don't hesitate. You must kill me. I won't become a blood-sucking vampire. Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, Utah has just had the worst time with things lately. First, it was news a couple weeks ago that the Easter Jeep Safari, easily one of the largest Jeep events on the planet, had taken measures to avoid the spread of coronavirus by shutting down the vendor show easily one of the bigger draws for this event. As manufacturers usually have some of their best rigs on display and and are showcasing the newest gear for the Jeep world. Jeep always brings out a couple of concept rigs and there's always enough Jeep eye candy to go around to satisfy even the thirstiest of enthusiasts. Now, despite all this, some vendors were a little more gung-ho and weren't about to let this get in the way of getting involved with the masses of Jeepers that flood Moab, Utah for this event every year. And I got to give them credit, too. Companies like Metal Cloak, who I have always had a lot of respect for, were going to set up shop right there on the side of the road leading into town if that's what they had to do to maintain a presence at the event and give the fans what they were looking for. Local businesses and the companies involved with the event were willing to take extra measures, even willing to donate supplies and whatever else they needed or could or dredge up to mitigate the risk and keep the vendor show open. And the Jeepers, well, we're all diehard fans anyways, and most of us weren't going to let a little virus outbreak ruin their long-laid plans, but the ruling passed and the vendor show was no more. Then Salt Lake City got shaken to the core, literally with a decent earthquake uh, measuring 5.7 on the Richter scale. Granted, Salt Lake City is a good three hours from Moab, but it's still a bit of more bad news for the state already dealing with the pandemic. Unfortunately, Murphy's Law decided to pile it on a bit more, and on Tuesday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day nonetheless, a phrase was mentioned which I have literally had it up to here with hearing out an an abundance of caution. And you already know anything that following those six words isn't going to be good news. And it's true. This week, it was announced that the 2020 Easter Jeep Safari will officially be canceled. Completely. 
not just the vendor show, but everything down to the last guided trail tour. And they're all but shutting down the whole town to enforce it, too. The cancellation comes the same day as the Southeast Utah Health Department handed down a sweeping order that closed theaters, bars, and other venues, as well as limiting lodgings from hotels to even private and public campgrounds to hosting only people who live and work in Moab. Their hopes are that by restricting the enjoyment of Moab to only the residents of Moab and shooing away any and all outsiders, that they are going to somehow completely mitigate the potential health impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic in Ground County. Uh-huh. Good luck with that. I hope all the businesses you just signed a death warrant for will somehow find a way to survive this knife in the back and not vote your retarded asses out of office. But for the first time in over 50 years, one of the world's largest and longest-running Jeep events is being canceled over a stupid virus. Red Rock Four-Wheeler said it would refund event fees to participants who have already paid to attend. I personally would like to say, screw it! Let's storm Moab like those people were about to with Area 51. They can't stop, ticket, or sanitize us all, damn it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, I agree with you. Um, uh, you know, I don't want anybody to die, but at the same time, this just seems like a huge overreaction. Completely. Uh, only thing I can figure is somebody knows something we don't, uh, or they're hoping we think they do. You know, you mentioned oh. Terraflex. I don't know if you guys, uh, you're not a big social media person, Josh, or you may not have caught this, but uh, Terraflex uh, sent out a message on the, uh, the, the day of the earthquake uh, they say, in addition with the COVID-19 virus, Utah was hit with a 5.7 uh, uh, earthquake. And Well, they got an M after that. Would that be a mega quake? Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> type, type magnitude. Oh, magnitude. there we go. <laughs> I like the mega quake oh, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as of, uh, don't correct me on the show. I told you guys. Uh, as of right now, Terraflex and Falcon Shocks are currently shut down. Please be patient with us as we work through this and get operation operations under control so i think uh you know man double whammy they not only did they have to deal with this uh this is an insane reaction to the uh, covid 19 virus they had to they had they had to uh, mess with the earthquake i mean it's like a, a biblical thing going on here i know right i'm expecting to see grasshoppers falling from the sky next or something you know it's Otis, I, I did hear Locust, yeah. I, I did hear that. Don't ever correct me on the air. <laughs> no, I, I, I heard, I heard the, that loud and clear, too. <laughs> the uh, the earthquake in Salt Lake City was actually severe enough that uh, building foundations were cracked and, and there were some uh, some other thing, you know, obvious visible signs of damage to structures and buildings in the area. So uh, I'm not surprised if there were a couple companies uh, that were affected in the off-road world. Uh, and they had to kind of shut down business to, uh, to maybe for safety reasons, if nothing else, uh, could be likely nothing to do with, uh, COVID-19. So yeah, uh, sad to say here, nonetheless. Well, and you know, in California, we're sort of used to the earthquake situation. So 5.7 oh, yeah. doesn't really bother us too bad. You're like, that's launch on a Tuesday. What are you guys? Exactly. <laughs> that's what I was yeah, thinking. Seriously. You know, when it's a 6.0, call us. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I can understand the fear and, and if the buildings aren't quite maybe structurally able to handle that kind of movement, depending on how it actually shook or what it did, I could see why businesses would have to close. Cause that's, you know, that's not normal for them. I don't think so. Yeah. It's sad all the way around. I, uh, I hope this thing gets over really quick and I, I hope my calls for this, this thing, this being a lo a load of bullshit, uh, pans out because, uh, it's doing uh, wondrous things to the stock market. And as goes the stock market, as goes our economy. I know. Yeah, really, really. Very sad. Well, I think even Jeff Goldblum would be proud of this one. 
Larry Kosilla is the founder of Ammo, a company out of New York who travels around the world to restore in detail priceless pieces of automotive history. Their YouTube channel has over 1.2 million subscribers, and it's no surprise why. These guys plain and simply work magic, restoring vehicles, sometimes priceless classic exotics, to like new condition after being abandoned, drowned, or otherwise left for dead in fields, forests, and barns. If you've ever been looking for the highest level of detail advice, techniques, and products to use, then the video I'm about to tell you about is the only one you need to watch, and here's why. Imagine finding a Jeep, a completely abandoned Jeep left for dead so long that mold and mildew were literally growing on every surface. The Jeep was in such bad shape that I'm not sure even the most diehard Jeep fan would have given it a second look. Having worked in the automotive industry for over a decade myself, I can assure you that I've virtually seen it all and every level of disgusting that you can imagine. Not only have I seen it, I've had to work in it. But there's something undeniably special about rescuing an abandoned vehicle like this, one that's going to the scrap heap and rejuvenating it, breathing new life into it to drive or wheel once again. And that's exactly what happens to the Jeep Wrangler in this video by Ammo NYC. At the beginning, the derelict Jeep is sitting in a junkyard, and by the end, the rig is a literally beautiful Jurassic Park tribute vehicle that's going to go to auction, for a good cause, too. The custom-painted headache on the rear fender and CW initials on the doors are a little bit of a nod to the cap to a former owner who had had these painted on the rig previously. However, something happened to cause this vehicle to sit long enough for things to literally start growing out of the paint. <laughs> the video largely focuses on cleaning the Jeep to look like new again, and trust me, there is a massive amount of Jeep detailing tips that even impressed me. The process that they use to bring this Jeep back to life is very well detailed in this video. So, if you are doing a restoration of your own, or perhaps your Jeep is just in need of a good detail, well, this video will be one to add to your must-watch list. The video never shows the Jeep running, however, and after sitting so long, I would imagine it's going to need a fair amount of mechanical makeover, too. But who knows? Maybe some new fluids and a thorough tune-up might just be enough to bring that venerable 4-liter back to life. If you want to check out the video, we'll, of course, have the link so that you can check it out for yourself in the show notes for this episode. Now, of course, I saw the original Jurassic Park. I've seen a couple of them at, uh, since, I'm, but I, I can't say that I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. The uh, the first one, yes. The, the the ones that followed, not so much. And uh, I uh, I've seen these pictures of uh, various individuals, or maybe it's just one individual, where they've taken uh, a, a Jeep and uh, made it look like one of the Jurassic Park uh, vehicles. But it's never really been something that uh, interested me. I, to me, it just it just uh, I don't know. There, it kind of goes along with a fad that that comes and goes. The the ebb and flow of, of movies. Uh, movies get popular and then they recede, and then now you're stuck with this thing that you know people go, oh, yeah, I remember that movie. Wendy, what about you? Are are you a Jurassic Park uh, uh, fan of this? Uh, yeah, this type I, of thing. I kind of like you know the movies. I, I liked one obviously the best, but I think there's a following that people really like when they can latch on to something and i think the vehicle lends itself to that and i think it's kind of cool looking i mean would i own it probably not uh but i i think there's a lot of people who would really want to get their hands on it it well, looks cool by the pictures well, that's cool josh what do you think 
Well, look, I'm I'm kind of one of those people that I'm a big movie nut and I'm a big car nut to boot, you know. So if it's mm-hmm. got wheels on it and if it was in a movie, then I've got a soft spot for it. Look, I agree with you to a certain extent, Tony. I mean, you look at the like, for instance, the original Batman series. Oh um, yeah, you know, long <laughs> since out of circulation. <laughs> Certainly doesn't really hold up, you know, as far as special effects go by today's standards. Uh, you know, and the writing might leave a little bit to be desired. In its day, though, it was prime time TV, and you can't really, you know, say Batman without thinking Batmobile. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. Batmobile yep. was one of the most iconic vehicles ever. And seeing the original Batmobile in person, there's just something about being in the presence of a vehicle like that. Same thing That's with like magical. a mystery machine or the Dukes mm-hmm. of Hazard car or yes. Starsky and Hutch vehicle. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, even though it's a replica, even though it might be somebody's take on a fan reproduction of that vehicle or something like that, there's still something special about it. And you can't ignore that. And so seeing these cars in real life or owning one, for instance, even though it's a replica, wasn't one that was actually used in the movie. Okay, it doesn't have that kind of a bragging rights, but look, it's just like that one. And, and so there's there's something to that. And I, and I think that that's, that's something special. You yeah. know, it's funny. Uh, the, the job before this one, I, uh, I would drive to another part of, uh, of the Houston area to go b- back and forth to work. And uh, shortly before I started uh, working at this new job, I was seeing a Starsky and Hutch Grand Torino painted red with a stripe with the L60s <laughs> yeah, or whatever buddy. it was every day when I was Did driving home. Did he have home. the red gumball on the top, the flashing light? <laughs> no, 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 no. They, he would have got in trouble for that. But but <laughs> literally, it was the Grand Torino, whatever whatever year it was, whatever 70-something year. And it wasn't, and I was let down, by the way, whenever I saw the movie Grand Torino, because that wasn't the Grand Torino. Oh. I expected to see the Starsky and Hutch Grand Torino with the red Good paint. Movie, and the, you know, Good it movie. was. <laughs> but I was a little disappointed when I saw that movie. <laughs> Well, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we want to hear what you have to say. Of course we do. Make sure to let us know what you got to say by phone or by email. Any number of ways, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Coming up in the Tech Talk, it's part two of our Jeep Spring comparison. How does your spring measure up? Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Hey, Tony and Josh, it's Tammy sitting outside a McDonald's parking lot in Kingman, Arizona. Um, I had to go find some free Wi-Fi so I could send you guys my little update for the week for the Jeep Talk Show podcast. So we are in Kingman, Arizona, and we're camping outside of Kingman, out near the trails. And these trails are gnarly trails, let me tell you. Yesterday, I um, did Wayne's World and Twister. Kind of sounds like you're. we were at um, Universal Studios, but we weren't. We were out in the rocks. And this, these, both these trails were the hardest trails I have ever done in my life. And I did 95% of them without a spotter. I'm so proud of myself. Um, Hopefully I'll have video. You know, who knows when, but I did get video. Um, There are some clips of me wheeling um, on the rocks and wheels uh, 
page. It's a off-road group that we went wheeling with. I decided to uh, stay home today. Home is my camper. Home is the outdoors for me. And it's raining and cold and they're doing home court, which I've already done. But it's raining and it's always a lot more difficult on those slick wet rocks. So I'm out hunting and gathering and doing laundry and of course uploading this and hunting and gathering is collecting food. As you know, we're going through a a tough time here in the United States and around the world and hunting and gathering is now a new thing. Um, I was lucky enough to find the things that we needed. So our plan is to stay the course, what we were planning, even though for the first time in 53 years, Easter Jeep Safari has been canceled and they don't want anyone in the town of Moab. However, the trails are still open. Um, Where we will be staying, God only knows. Um, They say to self-quarantine in your home. Well, our homes are camper and Where we put the camper, that's our home. So we'll have to play it by ear, but our plan is to go to Mojave Road on Friday and do our Mojave Road fan ride. We have two fans, possibly three. Um, One of my friends from Maryland is in California, and he might join us. So Mojave Road for two nights, three days, and then we're off to Utah. So that's the plan, and we are going to stick with it and see where the adventure leads us. So in the meantime, you guys have a great show and everyone be safe out there and don't forget to wash your hands. So how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories. We want to hear yours. So contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how. Man, are you a Jeeper who likes to take their top off? If so, find out where the best place to go topless is with Mitch and Jeep Weather coming up later in the show. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast, been a lifelong Jeeper myself, continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. You like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps. I like it for the the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! The last episode, we started our multi-part series in spring comparisons, focusing more on the differences between the different kinds of springs found under different kinds of Jeeps and less on what we think is good or performs the best. Each spring spring type has its own unique characteristics, and it's those differences that we'll be focusing on. Last week, we took a look back in time to where it all started with the leaf spring. From the history to where they are today, we covered every facet of the leaf spring, and in this episode, we're going to look at what has easily become the most popular form of suspension spring in the modern Jeep world, the coil spring. There were rumors that clear back in the 40s, Jeep did a design study on the coil spring design, but nothing allegedly came of it. Well, not until around 1984 anyways, when we saw them under the front end of XJ Cherokees. The coil spring actually dates back to 1906 in automotive use, but that doesn't apply specifically to Jeeps. In 1997, though, the Wrangler got its first set of coils, Jeep's first fully coil-sprung vehicle, and it pretty much set the bar for two main reasons. Coil springs are nothing more than a coiled piece of metal bar stock. They are inexpensive to the manufacturer. They are also easy to make in a wide variety of ways, whether it's a variable or constant rate design. So, they work. 
they're cheap, they weigh less, and they take up less room. So, yeah, suffice it to say, it's not going to be anytime soon that we see Jeep steering away from a coil spring design off the factory floor. Coil springs are usually pretty easy to replace if you know what you're doing, too, making them a little bit more friendly for the backyard mechanic to do maintenance or swap them out entirely. You might need a spring compressor tool in, in some cases, but on many Jeeps, if you fully unload the suspension and let it droop enough, the coil springs will fall right out on their own. So swapping a coil spring can be very easy compared to getting a leaf spring off. Because a coil spring can be made into almost any length when it comes to a lift kit, you can get more choices on the lift you might want to achieve. Lift kits, lift kits with coil springs range from a mere 1 inch to over 6.5 inches of lift and beyond. Again, springs are easily produced in whatever length a company requires. With a coil spring, you can also use a spacer to gain lift meaning you only need to install a simple donut-like device above or below the coil springs, and you can get an extra inch or two inches of lift. This is just as simple as the lift blocks or leaf, uh, for the leaf springs we talked about in the last episode, but far safer and a lot easier to install in most cases. One thing about coil springs is they are a single item with no moving parts, so there is no real maintenance to them. Once installed, you can pretty much just leave them alone. Coil springs are not invincible, though. Just like leaf springs, coil springs can get weak over time and get a little sag to them. If you've been around enough Jeeps for long enough, well, you know all too well about the Jeep rear spring sag. Coil springs can also develop cracks or even break, but that usually requires a ton of really hard abuse on some very old springs. In all the years that I've wheeled and in the countless rigs that I've been with out on the trails, I've never seen a coil spring break. I cannot say the same thing for leaf springs. Now, all coil springs are not created equal either. You could have a half a dozen different coil springs from a different manufacturers, and they would all be unique in some way or another. Whether it's the diameter of the coil, how it was wound, how many windings or coils there are in the spring, and the overall spring rate. There, there are just several factors to look at when choosing your springs, and the same springs may not work for two different people. Here's what I mean by that. On my last trip to the Rubicon, there were two TJs in the group that had metal cloak lifts. Their suspension systems were nearly identical, and they were both running metal cloak progressive rate springs. One guy didn't have a problem the entire trip, and the other said he was fighting to keep his lines the entire time. He said that the Jeep felt like it was trying to unload itself anytime he got into a heavy off-camber situation. If you ever hear the term spring unloading, it refers to the weight transfer a vehicle goes through as it gets off-camber and the suspension cycles. The vehicle's center of gravity shifts slightly, and there's a feeling like one end or corner of the Jeep wants to catapult itself over or under the Jeep itself. This isn't something that happens to every Jeeper or every Jeep even, and at the end of the trip, he felt like it could have been some other factors. Uh, but in the end, he ended up eventually swapping those progressive rate springs for standard lift springs regardless. Again, not all coil springs are created equal, and some coil springs are just plain and simply going to provide a softer ride, and others will be harder. Harder springs will generally, generally won't suffer from spring fatigue and sag as fast as other softer riding springs will, but you pay for this with a harsh ride quality. Not that our Jeeps were meant to drive like a Cadillac, but, but still. Softer springs will generally be a little more forgiving off-road, too, but they're not going to hold up against the kinds of high-speed deflection found when wheeling out on sand or in desert racing, forcing the shocks to work harder than they were designed to. The kind of ride that you want and the kind of wheeling that you do are the two main factors in choosing a coil spring. So sit down and do some research before making your next spring purchase. And note that much of the finer technical specifications for springs, like spring rate, won't be found online for every manufacturer, so you may have to make some calls to get the numbers you need to make the necessary comparisons to get the right springs under your Jeep. 
Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, this is where the segment comes to an end. But we're not quite done with springs for Jeeps quite yet. And we're going to be getting into one of the highest performing, most expensive options for a Jeep spring yet. But you're going to have to wait till next week for that. I hope that I'm not jumping on next week. Tell me, tell me if I am, but uh, I was going to ask you. <laughs> Knowing you, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's innocent this time. It's not, uh, not an intentional thing. Uh, I was going to ask you, what do you think about a coil, rear coil spring conversion on a Cherokee, on, a, 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 on an XJ? Look, I'm a big fan of three-link and four-link suspension systems, but I'm also a proponent for leaf-sprung Jeeps when, you know, uh, when they're built and designed right. Uh, I, I have seen uh, leaf-sprung Wranglers outperform a coil-sprung Jeep with less lift. And, and it's just, just the way that it was designed, the way that it was built, a leaf-sprung vehicle can perform very well. Now, that being said, I'm also a big fan for the, for the rear coil conversion on, on a Cherokee. It does completely change the way that the Jeep can handle and, and, uh, and navigate off-road. It is a big difference, and it's a massive improvement in articulation uh, overall for, for a rear leaf-sprung vehicle with a three- or four-link front end. Well, you know, Andy has that uh, front the long arm suspension, the rear long arm extension, and it all, all mates together there in the middle. And and I don't know how much I want it, and that uh, uh, I want it for uh, the uh, articulation uh, as much as I want it just so I can complete the uh, the montage, so to speak. But I think that would be really cool to uh, to have a uh, uh, you know a, a both coil front and rear. And boy, you know, I need to install those uh, those spacers that I got the uh, ACOS uh, spacers, and it would be so much easier taking those coils out if I had the long arm suspension already in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> and if, you don't, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, if you have long arms on your Jeep, and it doesn't matter if it's a Cherokee or a Wrangler, uh, if you get into a situation and you don't have uh, limiting straps, that uh, spring will just shoot right out of the side whenever uh, during uh, extreme articulation. So that's oh, always man, fun. I, I, I used to be this guy in, in a club that I used to belong to. He had a WJ and uh, a Grand Cherokee that was, uh, I, I think he had a six and a half inch long arm kit and 35s on the thing. The thing was just an absolute beast, but it was just built so beautifully. Prob probably by far one of my most favorite Grand Cherokee builds that I've seen to date. That being said, this guy had the worst problem retaining springs. <laughs> I, it, it was like every time we hit this one trail, it, I could almost count down to spring ejection. Um, there's this one trail called Firebreak 5 up in the Tillamook State Forest that goes through uh, a, a, a pretty big evolution every year as we get snow melt and, and rain and everything else. There's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a big rock bed on this trail, uh, but there's also a lot of clay. And um, in the middle of this trail, there used to be the called what there was the Rock of Death or the Rock of Doom. And it was oh, this dear. big, gigantic, killer <laughs> rock right in the middle of the trail that you had to navigate around. There was no going over this rock. I don't care what okay. kind of rig you had. And, and so this forced you to either take a much more treacherous right line or a little bit of an easier left line uh, that was a little bit more technical and a little bit longer around to get to get around this around this one obstacle. Um, and it was right at that point, and I didn't. It didn't matter which line that he took, but pretty much at the Rock of Doom, every single time this guy's <laughs> dark blue Jeep Grand Cherokee would eject that spring about ten feet off to one side wow. every single time. And, and it was his driver's side more than his passenger side, but still, it was just one of those things to where, okay, guy, you, you really see, or seriously need to invest in some better spring retention clips or something like that, or some limiting straps, something here. 
because it was okay back up all right get to that point all right there you go and where the suspension was fully you know drooped out and it was just pop the spring back into place and okay back up here we go and it's 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 seated in place and choose a different line and you're and you're good to go but uh yeah i've seen a lot of spring ejection over the years so when you're running with this guy, you made everybody what, clear like you're doing a winch, like get away oh, from the it was, line. It was a this running, it line. was a running joke. It was you know, <laughs> like I when forgot, I think his name was John or Johnny or, or something like that. And it was just like, okay, everybody, watch out, Johnny's coming up, and, and you know what yeah. that means. And you know, so yeah, it was it was a running gag. I, I see an, uh, uh, an advantage uh, for a good uh, funny YouTube video where you get a guy all decked out. And a baseball catcher's outfit with the, with the, <laughs> with the face He's mask and a chest protector. Right, come on. Yeah, man, right. right here. And do the signals and everything, and boom, yeah, there comes the spring. Flashing <laughs> signals. Okay, we caught it. Let's go. Well, anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Who knows? We might just address your topic here on the show. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. Hey, if you don't know who Meredith Evasu is by now, you're missing out. She's Extreme Terrain's hottest video host right now, and she's been cranking out the tech advice and demos in each of Extreme Terrain's series of Throttle Out videos. And they've just released another great episode as part of Extreme Terrain's monthly YouTube video series. In this month's edition of Extreme Terrain's Throttle Out, Mare grabs the keys to a very lucky Extreme Terrain customer's JLU for some premium upgrades. Featuring products from brands you know like Terraflex, Smittybilt, ProComp, Red Rock 4x4, and more. In this latest Throttle Out, Meredith sets out to build a trail-ready daily driver with some serious, serious style points too. Be sure to watch this month's Throttle Out from Extreme Terrain. Perform and function come together to create one badass Jeep. Check it out today by clicking the link on Jeep Talk Show's website in the show notes for episode 428. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, newbie! Newbie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Newbie Nuggets. Well, in light of this virus that seems to be dictating our every move these days, I thought some laughter might be in order. I came up with a list of things you can do in your Jeep, and I'm going to try to keep it clean, Tony. Sorry about that. (laughs) The uh, mandate says we need to limit our contact with other humans and stay at least six feet away. It's called social distancing. And Josh, you need to add this to our new phrase in the glossary of terms on our website. You're violating my bubble. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Social distancing in a Jeep at a glance. Number one, driving by yourself. No chance of spreading the virus. Number two, when driving with the group on the trails, place the Jeeps at least six feet apart from each other. (laughs) Three, if your buddy gets stuck, you can just wave at him from inside your Jeep and laugh. Sorry, dude. I can't get within six feet of (laughs) you. Four, don't park too close to another Jeep. The virus might rub off to your Jeep. Now, after your run, use the drive-through car wash and ask for the Lysol treatment to clean up. If your Jeep is lifted high enough, you can hide a lot of supplies like toilet paper. Just don't tell anybody. Our Jeeps can't outrun most other vehicles. Oh, toilet paper bump stops. You got it. (laughs) Uh, And number seven, waving at other Jeeps is okay because there's no physical contact. Now, I have some other fun things to keep in mind that you can do with your Jeep and things that might help you get through all this madness right now. One of them is drive to the nearest forest or desert or et cetera and go jeeping. Make sure you bring toilet paper. There's no one else around. It's perfect for alone time. How about jeeping with your buddy in his or her own jeep is social distancing. 
everyone drives their own Jeep. No more sharing. How about go play in the snow, ice or water? Is your area snowing like mine is in Southern California right now? Or maybe it's raining cats and dogs where you are. Have you always wanted to try Jeeping in rough weather? Well, what are you waiting for? You're not at work, so go do it. How about playing crossword puzzles? Okay, sorry. That's a puzzle on a piece of paper for you younger listeners. <laughs> uh, in your Jeep or a game on your phone. Uh, drive to a great view location on a trail and watch a movie from your new tuned-in LED screen. Oh, yeah. Crank up the sound, take the top off, roll down all the windows for that perfect experience. How about checking out our glossary of terms on the website and brush up on your Jeep terminology? Your Jeep will thank you later. How about creating a well-ventilated virus-free zone by taking your top off and rolling your windows down? This one I love. How about take a nap in your Jeep? Are the kids or wife or husband driving you nuts? Slip out of the house and take a nap. Make sure you keep the windows up and the doors locked so they can't get in. And it's a proven fact. <laughs> and it's a proven fact that jeeping cures all things like depression, the blues, being bored, and headaches. Okay, well, maybe not all things, but it does cure some things. So, guys, do you have any other ideas that you would add for using your jeep during this time? Honey, I'm so sorry you have a headache. Let's go for a jeep ride real quick. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Go. I was thinking, yeah, six feet distance uh, on that recovery situation. Have you ever tried to to, to uh, make a winch line, you know, lasso out of a winch line? That's it's not as easy as you think. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it would be. <laughs> So I don't know if you guys had any other ideas. I thought it'd be kind of fun just to break it up a little bit with some, you know, humor and laughter to get us through all this stuff. You so. know, and I don't know how much of uh, not getting a virus uh, driving around topless is. I've seen some people's feet hanging out their Jeeps and uh, there may be something spreading there. I guess it's more of the fungus nature, though. You know, I saw something that said you needed a well-ventilated area to keep it virus free. And I thought we could do that in a Jeep. Not a problem. Very so. much yeah, so, really. yes. <laughs> Cool. Well, now it's time for our Jeep's first experience. This week, I asked my husband, Bill, to share his story. He's been off-roading most of his life, and I couldn't wait to share his first Jeep experience. He was with his mom's Jeep club out here in Southern California called the Dirt Devils, and they were following the group up a wash, and it eventually narrowed to the point where they had to exit. Now, he thought they were stuck and would need to turn around when the leader made a sharp right turn and scaled straight up a 10-foot high flat rock wall at about a 45-degree angle. And he just sat there, mouth open, and said to himself, crap, I have to do that? So he turned the wheel, put the tires on the rock, and just drove right up. He got to the top and looked at his mom in the passenger seat, who was just as astonished, and they both started laughing. It was a pivotal moment in his jeeping experience. And obviously, it left quite an impression because 22 years later, he can still remember every detail down to the color of the granite face they drove up. After that experience, he's always said to himself, why not? If someone else can do it, I can do it too. And I can attest to that, by the way, as we traverse Black Diamond Trails now. So now it's a matter of what will it cost to buy the right equipment to be capable or how much will the repair cost? Well, that's a great story, Bill, and thanks for sharing. I know how special that, that time was with your mom from all the stories you've shared with me. Next week, we'll continue sharing newbie ideas, and we want to hear from you. Okay, we've heard from the Jeep Talk Show team. Now it's your turn to share. In the meantime, you can view some great videos on our YouTube channel, Jeep 4-1-1, with lots of tips, tricks, and techniques. The website info is in the show notes. Now, I just want to point something out here to anybody that uh, maybe Wendy just kind of glossed over. I mean, she read it well, but it, it, it just kind of stuck out in my mind when I was reading here in the show notes. 
He was with his mom's Jeep club out here in Southern California. That's right. What kind of crap are you going to get from your mom if you don't drive the Jeep right? I mean, she tells you to wear clean underwear. You never know what's going to happen. She exactly. T- she tells you to clean up your room, all this stuff. And can you imagine a kid is driving the, or, you know, her kid is driving a Jeep and he's yep. got this 10 foot wall challenge. What are you going to do? Hey, there is no way in hell that you're not driving up that Jeep. I mean, driving That's up that right. cliff. It doesn't matter That's if right. it's a negative 45 degrees. Damn it, you're doing it. Well, and I'm <laughs> not sure there was much prodding needed because of his experience oh, and what he no. shared of all the stuff he's done. It was like a no-brainer. But I do think that awe, that face of like, oh, my gosh, how did that happen? Or how is that going to happen? <laughs> I'm sure that was there, the expression. But to hear them laugh when they got to the top is just priceless for me like yep they had a good time and you know wendy i can't help but uh, remember your first jeep experience and how it kind of mirrors what happened to him so this was him just kind of paying it back or paying it down paying it forward uh to you i think he yeah i think he knew what he was doing i did not have the fortunate benefit of years of off-roading experience that he had but it was uh yeah i think he was definitely doing something even more fun (laughs) it's always fun to pick on a noob that's right that's right well that's and that's how we get past it by the way Okay, are you a newbie or maybe you remember something important you learned when you first became a Jeeper? We want to hear from you. Reach out and let us know your newbie nugget. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out all the ways to contact us. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Give us a call, 302-202-1110-219-835. If you have no idea what the Jeep Talk Show is, well, i got a treat for you. We've been doing this uh, show for nine years now. Nine years. And uh, that means uh, it's good for you because that means there's a lot of episodes that you can listen to. Doing the show weekly. So, uh... Actually, we'll be doing episode 429 tonight. 429, we do a, uh, a show once a week, and then uh, you can uh, listen to the episode on Friday. Every Friday. You don't have to listen to on, on Friday, but I can tell you this, when we do have a guest that has a giveaway... Uh, people are kicking themselves because they didn't uh, didn't listen to it on Friday. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a caller from area code 202. Who are we talking to? Hi, this is Kelly from Connecticut. Hi, Kelly from Connecticut. Uh, I'm guessing you can hear me now because uh, I did this earlier uh, and we didn't have any audio going out. It was just me <laughs> talking to nobody. Yeah, I can hear you, Tony. This is Colleen Wheeler, actually. So, yeah, you've seen me a couple times on Instagram and Facebook. Excellent. How's it How's it going out there? How's the coronavirus affecting you? Oh, well, they closed down uh, everybody's typical bars, restaurants, and, uh, you know, we can't wheel here in Connecticut, so everybody's like, oh, does anybody want to go wheeling? Because technically it is social distancing. So, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it. <laughs> Very true. So, uh, yeah, they closed. The, the governor hasn't set up the executive order yet, but he's going to close down tattoo parlors and nail salons and stuff eventually. 
So when you say you can't wheel in Connecticut, there's just no place to wheel, or uh, what exactly do you um, mean? No, you have to know. You have to know, like a uh, private uh, property. Somebody has to have it. So uh, you have to know somebody who's purchased land and allows you to wheel. So yeah. You know, I was surprised to find out Texas is very much like that. Uh, after I lifted my Jeep and put some uh, larger wheels and tires on it, I took the family out and we uh, we took off uh, almost all, all the way over to West Texas, looking for some place just to head off off road and try out the Jeep. And uh, it was I couldn't believe it, so many fences, a lot of, a lot of pretty land, but so many fences. And uh, came back and didn't uh, wheel it at all. Now I was brand new back then. I thought. Uh, wheeling was going in the mud because I had had a uh, four-wheel drive uh, a full-size pickup truck uh, a number of years earlier. So I didn't know about the Jeep and uh, tight trails and stuff. Oh, my gosh. What a, what such more capable vehicle a Jeep is. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's a bummer that we don't have it here in Connecticut. Um, we do have, you know, individual wheeling events here in Connecticut. Um, so, like, for instance, if <clears throat> if there's like a vendor show or something like that, um, for instance, uh, we have one called, um, uh, the great, uh, great American Jeep rally up in Ellington, Connecticut. And they usually set up next to the giant mud puddle and, um, Roush Creek is actually set up a rock garden once a couple of times there. So, yeah, it's, I mean, we do have it limited, but then we can also within about a two hours for a month or so, or maybe less, depending on how fast you want to drive your Jeep. And <laughs> um, you can try to, uh, I think there's places in New York, and then I do know that there's places in Massachusetts you can go as well. So how far is Roush Creek from you? Roush, if I, um, if I go the route without any tolls, well, actually one toll, I can go about three hours, 30 minutes. Um, if I go via New Jersey, then it's usually about three hours, 15 all right. So, and so, to me, that's nothing. <laughs> really, really. Um, I, I, well, what kind of Jeep do you have? I have a 2012 uh, JKU Rubicon. Her name is Nutmegger, and she is silver with chief blue accents. Um, hmm. I have a two and a half inch Terraflex lift on her. Um, I recently had to switch to uh, Rough Country Shocks. Um, which I will probably end up swapping out soon. Uh, they're just a little too squishy for me. Um, and I'm running uh, 35 by 12 and a half Neato Ridge Grapplers, and I love them so very much. Perfect. Uh, that's all the questions I was going to ask you, at least the, the tire size and lift <laughs> and everything. Um, so what happened with yeah. the shocks? Why did you have to, uh, to go over? It sounds like you, you had an emergency situation with the uh, putting the rough countries on there. Yeah, <laughs> you guessed that one there. Um, so what happened was, uh, I actually had a rugged ridge lift on it initially. And, um, after about six months, I lifted it up to two and a half. And when I talked to Terraflex, they were like, yeah, you're fine. It's the same kind of shocks that came with your kit that we would be supplying you with. So I only got the spring and all the other equipment that would come with the two and a half inch lift and the rough country or not with the rugged ridge shocks, um, their bushings ended up giving out after a while. Not surprised. But um, so in the emergency, uh, there's a local shop about eh, seven miles from me. Um, great guy. He is he is uh, certified to do like diesel trucks and four by fours and stuff like that. And probably the most honest mechanic that I'll find in the area. He's pretty straightforward. Doesn't, you know, highball you. He's great. 
Um, so thank you, Frank. But uh, <laughs> he uh, he's a dealer for Rough Country, and he was like, well, I can get you some, uh, I think he said Old Man Emu, I think it was, or maybe a Sky, no, Skyjacker, sorry. Um, or for like, I think it was almost like 500 something uh, installed. Yeah. Oh, installed. Okay. Oh, yeah, installed or like five or four thirty for the uh, rough country, and I was like, "Look, I got a wheel in two days with my girls because we were going to crawling for canines at Roush in October." And I was like, "Look, look, I got to go wheeling in two days." He's like, "All right, then, this is what I can get you." I was like, "Fine," um, but I will. I don't know what it is. I I don't know if maybe. It's just the type that I got, but I mean, even if I go over a speed bump, it just feels like they're bottoming out. So I, I'm not really sure what's going on with them. They're just very squishy. Well, I hope you got the right um, size, so, the right length shocks, because you certainly don't want to be using them as uh, bump stops uh, or actually limiting, uh, like a limiting strap, because that'll uh, that'll certainly wear them out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've only wheeled uh, once. I think twice with them, but I've done like mainly just green trails with them. So, um, green, green and blue, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're not going to stay on for very long. I'm looking at trying, trying to upgrade them back to the Terraflex up to the Terraflex again. Have you, but, um, have otherwise, you cons- I mean, have you considered the, the Bilstein, the Bilstein, uh, shocks? I have not. No, I don't know a lot of friends that have Bilstein, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm up to any any options, honestly, at this point. And I know somebody's going to correct me. It's either Bilstein or Blistens or I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> That's the name of a rain beer. Rain is it? Beer. <laughs> but uh, I, I have those, the, the, the 5100s. Uh, they're about uh, 80, 90 bucks a shock. And uh, they uh, they do really well. You know, it's interesting. The Rough Country shocks, uh, they kind of, it seems like the quality has uh, kind of gone up and down on those. Uh, back in uh, around 2005, when I did my lift, I did a Rough Country lift. And uh, it was uh, the shocks. I just I just took off two of the, the, the rear shocks. I just took them off uh, three or four months ago. And they weren't bouncing yeah. around. They were doing just fine. Uh, so... Um, it, it, it seems, but I know a friend of mine that, uh, that they didn't hardly last six months before he had to replace them. Uh, but he, he got some much later. So I don't know. The quality seems to go up and down on, on several of their items. Uh, and, uh, certainly shocks is one of the things that I've heard about, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you've yeah. had good luck with Terraflex other than uh, the bushings, I just, I just wonder if the bushings went out, if, if you had the right length shocks on your, uh, on your Jeep, because if they're not the right length, uh, it'll, uh, it'll tear up those bushings. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm only guessing. I mean, when I first bought the original kit um, before these rough country ones, you know, that they were meant for the Jeep altogether. And by spec from Quadratech. So yeah, yeah. I just go with that. So, well, I but, guess um, sometimes you know, it happens. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Otherwise, I mean, just driving around town and stuff like that, it's, it's fine. <laughs> So I don't want to assume. Are you? Uh, do you listen to the show? Uh, you don't have to lie. Be honest. Uh, I, I I got broad shoulders. I can take it. I do, Tony. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. I, I'm, I'm, I miss my girl being on the uh, East Coast though, and stuff like that. But yeah. it's all right. She wants to be a West Coaster now. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was mentioning that earlier about uh, used to have uh, co-hosts on. Uh, 
on both coasts, and I was down here in the uh, the south and uh, close to the uh, the Gulf of Mexico. So we were all nearby the water, but now Tammy's in Colorado, and uh, we have Wendy that's out there in Big Bear Lake, California. I don't know if you've ever been out there. I, I luckily got to go out there with uh, a Nexon event. Uh, they invited me out, and oh my God, it was absolutely gorgeous. I can almost understand why they put up with all the the uh, the crap with the taxes and the needles and the poop on the streets out there. <laughs> yeah, that's definite. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you real quick. Uh, we were uh, go, uh, asking folks about the coronavirus, how it's affecting them, and perhaps uh, you know if if anybody knows, if you know somebody that's uh, been diagnosed, or maybe uh, uh, you've been diagnosed. What's going on with the coronavirus uh, in, in your world? Um, so in my town, I mean, me personally, going back to your original question, me mm-hmm. personally, I do not know anyone. Um, I actually asked that, fa- that question on Facebook the other day. I was like, does anybody know? And I think out of maybe 10 or 12 comments, I think only two said, my brother's cousin twice removed something, something. <laughs> exactly. might have it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so uh, that's what it's, I've seen other people asking the same question, too. Um, but locally, um, there have been, I think, five cases now. We have had two deaths locally in our county oh, no. so where i am just so you know where i am in connecticut i am 45 minutes from the new york border i am probably the same amount of time to get to new rochelle new york so uh, that's how that's why the numbers I, i'm amazed we don't have more but our county has the highest quantity out of the whole state of connecticut because we are so close to new york so um it's I mean, I, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I know that they've already registered that there's about uh, 195 cases. Maybe I'm wrong. No, 159. Sorry, 159. Wow. kicking in. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yesterday it was, I think they said on the local news it was 96. The day before that was 62. So every day I feel like we're almost like at the Italy level where it's like more and more people are getting it. Um, and finally... I think it's the county that holds down um, Groton, where they build uh, submarines for the Navy. Um, on the other side of the state where the casinos are, they finally got their, I think, their first case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just starting to spread. I'm amazed. Like I said, I'm amazed it hasn't gotten more, but I would not be amazed if our county ends up with more cases. Um, but everybody's trying to adjust to this everywhere. I mean, I read an article that parents are trying to get used to teaching their children and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and <laughs> not killing them. them. And, <laughs> I'll no, tell you, a and, pillow and leaves no marks. I don't know what, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the other, what the other states are, what they're doing. But my friend, my close friend, um, my sister from another mister, she is a lunch lady for one of the local schools. And what they're doing is they are giving the bus drivers a bunch of stuff for the breakfast for the kids uh-huh. that get breakfast and lunch. The bus drivers are going to the different bus stops and they, the kids have to show their student ID in some way or prove that they're a student at the school or whatever. And the bus driver gives them out a, a bag of just all the things that they're going to need for breakfast. And they come back around again at lunchtime. I like that. And do that. So, you know, there always yeah, seems to be, smart. yeah, there's always seems to be people that are, uh, you know, jumping the line and, the, and, and getting things that, that really shouldn't be getting taken away from somebody that should be getting it. So I'm glad to hear they're actually checking and not just throwing food to people. 
uh, that the, the kids that need it were used to it, that that's the, the lunch, the food they were getting every day, and they're probably not getting any food otherwise. That makes me feel good. I'm glad that they're, they're getting fed. And two other stories I heard here in Connecticut, actually, and I heard a third story tonight. There is a local dairy company in upstate Connecticut. They have lost a lot of their business because Yukon and Quinnipiac are not requesting milk deliveries. So they reached out to the local community and are like, well, we'll do door-to-door milk service like back in the oh, 50s. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> I used to see that oh, on like, leave guy, it. He still has the delivery box on his porch. He's like, I've left it out there in hopes that somebody would drop <laughs> off milk again. <laughs> I used to see stuff like that on leave it to beaver and stuff and go, I want yeah. milk delivered at my house. That looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then there is a pizza store restaurant or something like that. I don't know exactly where in Connecticut, but he realized, look, I have a huge surplus of toilet paper. I mean, if people want to, <laughs> well, orders pizza, <laughs> so well, what he said was, well, whoever orders pizza, I will give them like six rolls of toilet paper oh, on top my of with their pizza. Well, that'll absorb all the grease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So stuff like that is pretty cool that I'm hearing throughout the state. I, lo- I love stories to hear like that. Oh, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's great when people side. are help, helping each other out, kind of like Jeepers always do, but this is a, the, a wider audience. Yeah, I know. I'm waiting for that. You know, it's like a call to, to arms or something like that. Like, what can we do? A couple friends of mine, um, they're out and they're uh, part of uh, girls that uh, play the a- girls play at AOAA. There mm-hmm. we go. Right. Um, Shout out, girls. Um, they were messaging me, and they were like, can we play Cards Against Humanity, like, remotely? Oh, you'd be surprised <laughs> what you could do remotely. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, we got to figure this out. Let's play Cards Against Humanity remotely. And then we're like, let's see how many people we can get involved in this game. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Take over the world. Well, I sure exactly. am glad. I, I'm sure I'm glad you can hear me, and I, I'm sure I'm glad you you called in. Uh, and uh, it sounds like the uh, I don't know. Do you uh, are you home from work? Or are you are they are you working remotely? Is the is the coronavirus affecting your employment? Um, it it is actually. So what I do, I work for a company called Motor Vehicle Network, and we provide the advertising screens you see in well in the state of Texas in the DPS. Mm-hmm. Um. So we provide those in 23 states, and because a lot of those different states are closing the DMV lobbies and only opening them to appointments only or providing um, service online, it's it's cutting us back. Oh, yeah, so, um, But the good thing is that we are still, you know, we have other services as well that we, we provide. We, we build websites and mobile sites and stuff like that. So, um uh, tomorrow, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, we're supposed to have some sort of announcement. Um, but right now, I'm, we have a very small skeleton crew working, um, and we are spread out throughout the office. There's five of us out of 22 so in the office. Right. So every day it's changing. So I'm they, sure it's the same way for everybody else. So you still have to go in. You can't do it. For, you can't work remote. can't work from home. Um, I mean, I could work from home, but somebody's got to answer the phones and, and handle right. the tech issues for the DMV. So, right. um, we'll, we'll figure it out tomorrow. Um, they will have to set me up, um, with the computer situation. Cause I do not have a home computer. My home computer is my phone. I, and I'm just so surprised I, I, about people I think that you're do that. Used to that. 
Yeah. A lot of people so, are doing that. They don't have actual computers. I mean, technically the phone is a computer, but boy, I, I got to have a screen and a keyboard, a, a big screen and a keyboard. So, uh, Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they give me a laptop, but I'm used to working with two large, you know, 17 inch monitors in front of me. Right. And without that and only working with just my phone, that, that would not be fun. Or even just one laptop. I, I have to make sure if I'm going to work from home, I got to make sure everything's on one monitor screen before I leave yeah, for the day. Because when I do the log me in, it's all going to be like, oh, okay, switch to the other screen and switch back. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Tell them, uh, tell them you guys need a VPN in the office so you don't have to go through all that. Log me in uh, kind of screws up from time to time, and then you're driving in. Although you may not be very far from from work, and maybe it's not that big a deal. We do well. Some of us. Uh, some of us use cradle points too, so we can, we use that, but cradle points are like using DSL too. Right. So, um, it, it's a little slow. Uh, but again, I don't have internet in my house. We, we really, we budget things that oil and electricity and food are more important than having the luxury of internet at my home. Oh, of course. So. <laughs> no, of course. And the Jeep, you got to have a yeah. Jeep too. So you got to make sacrifices so you can have that Jeep. <laughs> exactly exactly definitely and the best part is that gas prices of course we're all quarantined and gas prices are going down yeah yeah that's funny how that works <laughs> well kelly i certainly appreciate you calling in and uh, uh I, I hope everything stays safe out there great uh, state here in uh, hearing about the great state of connecticut have a, a great night, and again, thank you for uh, for calling in. So I, this caller is going to be from area code 860. Hello, caller. Thanks for calling in. Who do we have? Hey, Tony. It's FM Jeeper. How you doing, man? Hey, man. How's it going? It's, it's going, I guess, as well as it could in uh, the current climate. You know what I'm saying? So, so you've already said your name. You may not be able to tell us. Are you infected with the coronavirus? I'm well, unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> unfortunately, you you want to be a, a test a test guinea pig? Hey, I heard that. I saw. I saw. I thought I saw something saying that they pay someone forty forty one hundred to get tested or uh, to to get injected with it. That's a lot of G parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! No, so you said forty one hundred. I wasn't sure if that was an address. That's a dollar amount. Good Lord! Yeah. Oh man, I think I'll, I'll I think I'll run my chances. I, there's just to be like a 97 percent survival rate, is what I, I read someplace. But come to think of it, I might have read that on Facebook. So you know, it's got to be true. Oh, totally, it's totally got to be true if it's on Facebook. So <laughs> let me ask you a question that's not about the coronavirus. It's kind of Jeep related. Uh, you guys were doing a uh, uh, I think it was a YouTube live thing on Fridays, uh, and I forget what the, the name of the thing was. Are you guys still doing it? And what is the, what's the name of that group that was doing that? Now, oh yeah, that was the uh, Forex tubers. Uh, it's with, uh, myself, uh, Nate SWB crawler, uh, bearded Jeeper, um, running four by four, I believe. Um, and a couple other guys, uh, we have a group for uh, YouTubers. Yeah, we're, um, yeah, that's kind of on hiatus right now just because of, you know, wheeling season starting, everything else that's going on, and uh, a lot of projects. So it's kind of been put on hold. We're trying to get it back up and running again. Uh, maybe do like a, a fabrication um, version of that show, like where we cover like fabrication techniques and tools and, and tricks and things like that. So how many of those did you did you guys have before you uh, went on hiatus? I, I was on the one, I think the first one. Yep, uh, we had three. We had three. 
you can't make any money by doing uh, hit and miss, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I'll be honest. I don't know about the guys, people watching, but being on it was fun because, like, literally, it was. <laughs> it's kind of like what what the the you know the fireside chat is for you guys, right? You know, it, it's it's a bunch of people sitting around just kind of BSing, uh, talking about things that's cheap and not cheap sometimes, and alcohol and smoking meat and all types of weird stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know it's it's difficult. The thing that you're that you're trying to do there is difficult because you got to get everybody to agree to come in and show up at the same time. And when I'm, I don't mean the, the the people that are watching, I mean the people that are you know the hosts. So uh, it seems like everybody always has something to do. So it's it's really hard uh, to get a group together and stay together like that. Oh, absolutely, and that's really kind of really why we have kind of gone on hiatus for the time being. It's just schedules, you know, and. And ideally, what we wanted to do was include people from across the country, you know, because there's other YouTubers all over all over this country and in other countries. Um, Joe's from Canada. He was a regular on that show as well. But, um, you know, just getting the time zones to align. And I know you've 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 got that pretty well nailed uh, between you, Josh and well, Tammy here and there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not an easy thing to do. There's a lot of logistics. Yeah, there really is, and it's it's even more difficult on uh, on YouTube. Of course, I've always said uh, I hate YouTube from the standpoint of at least from the standpoint of doing any kind of uh, regular show because they can change on you so quickly. At least they haven't, uh, you know, basically said you can't uh, uh, stream video, uh, but they they do have a tendency to change the things the way things are monetized. I would hate to be on YouTube and then one day they send me a letter and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, you're not worth it uh, for us sending you money. So you got to try harder, and uh, we're going to demonetize you from now. Or maybe you accidentally have something in there that pisses somebody off, and then uh, they uh, they demonetize you, or worse, give your uh, your money to somebody else. I, I don't. I like YouTube watching it, but from as far as a publisher goes, I don't like it. Yeah, and I mean the reason. It- yeah, it's it's a good platform for us to to you know to put out our content. I mean that in the forex uh group are kind of they're when i say you know they're not the, the the big names you see out there like the bleeping jeeps and Lightbright. although um i do believe Lightbright is a is a member of that group they it, she just uh, she and kevin just don't post much but um you know it's 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 a platform where we can put our content out you know it's at our leisure put out what we want and Luckily, I don't think we've heard of too many people or too much, you know, pushback from YouTube on, you know, some of the stuff we do. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're fine. Uh, the only one I'd be worried about is Nate. Nate, you know, he has a a problem with Tourette syndrome uh, when he talks, so that might get you in trouble. Well, I mean, you gotta. I, I'll, I'll, I'd be willing to kind of debate this with you. Nikki G hasn't been banned yet, and uh, <laughs> you know, so I guess I guess there's still some hope for us out there. That's on right. YouTube. That's right. Well, I'm not. I'm not telling you you shouldn't change. I'm just uh, offering my opinion up for the uh, uh, what the way YouTube does things. It's just kind of uh, it's sad. It's changed, but you know, for whatever reason, it's it's their it's their playground. They can do what they want to. Yeah, I mean, my only my only beef with YouTube is is it's hard for the new guy. It's hard for people to start out and become successful. Um, you know, there's there's obviously uh, exceptions to that rule, but. You know, I've been on YouTube for about a year, a little over a year now, and I've 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 been growing slowly. But there are other people who can get on and they take off, 
And then there's other people who just get on, they keep plugging away, putting out great content. They just don't get picked up by the algorithm or, you know, the stars just don't align. And you see good, good people, you know, making great content, just lose to it. So, yeah, you know, it's luck of the draw and just, I don't know. All right, well, yeah, let's, let's switch gears now. And, uh, that was kind of depressing. Let's, let's do something more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the coronavirus. How's this, uh, th- oh. th- this coronavirus affecting you? You're not a, you don't have it. Uh, you're probably not a carrier. So, uh, what's it doing for you? Is it, is it affecting your work? Uh, not so much actually, uh, considering that we do a lot of business with China. Um, but this is actually our slow time of the year, so it doesn't really affect us too, too much. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, my, you know, my inner circle or my family, you know, I, I have friends and family who are, you know, basically out of work or on high, you know, basically on call, like, Hey, we're not working today. Maybe we'll work tomorrow. And, you know, it's, 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 it's got some people scared, especially in this area, because they don't know if they're going to come back to jail, you know, and right. it's, and how to pay the bills. And I mean, this is unprecedented what, what we're dealing with. It really is. Uh, we, uh, we, and we've had more serious situations than this before. And, uh, they haven't been this, uh, they haven't gone this, this far with it. Now I haven't really been following a lot of the news. Did, did you see anything in the news that would justify this kind of uh, concern, this kind of behavior? Uh, no, actually, I've been trying to avoid the news. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the last, you know, there's the the world is getting crazier, and social media and the media just love to kind of put that bad stuff on a pedestal and just you, you know try to scare people. But ultimately, like I I've, I've been avoiding it. You know, I've been trying to focus on you know the you know positive things because it's just it's not worth it to get worked up. Yeah, I don't blame you. So I, I, I missed it. Are you? Are it's not affecting your work? You're still able to go to work every day. Yep, I'm. I'm. I think we only missed. Well, my associates only missed one day because uh, I'm, I'm. I'm into management, so we took one day. Um, gave them one day off. We took one day and planned of how we can safely operate uh, full, you know, full force without, um, you know, jeopardizing the safety of anyone that works works for us. So. Wow, one day it doesn't really sound like a, enough time to, uh, to 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 do any good as far as keeping the spread of the disease. Uh, but how did they come up with the one day? Well, well, for us, I mean, we I work in a two hundred thousand square foot building with about fifty people, so a lot of our jobs we can spread out. Um, you know, our big thing is sanitize our stations. You know, every hour, uh, we have to keep a maximum or a minimum of distance of six feet. At pretty much all times, we don't rotate people through um, different stations. You basically you're in one station and that's it. Um, we take staggered lunches, uh, so that way we're not all in the break room at the same time. So, um, you know, things like that. It's really just distance and sanitation. We have a full a guy who literally walks through the building and, and sanitizes all the touched areas, doorknobs, handles, file cabinets, um, you know, sinks and things like that continuously through the day so this really isn't giving you an opportunity to work on your jeep because you were only off one day and uh there's no uh the, the positive thing is you're going to work and uh you're still making money and uh, the folks around you are still working i could just kind of mentally yeah. when you said the two hundred thousand square foot uh warehouse thing i, I just mentally had this picture of you all work, walking around with uh 10 foot P- pvc pipes nope nope too, too close back off 
That, that, that might not be a bad idea. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll have to talk to talk to my boss about that one. That's right. It might make yeah. it, hey, you know, it might make a good YouTube video. <laughs> hey, it's, it's a Tony Million Dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, FM Jeeper, we're going to let you run. Appreciate you calling in. And uh, do me a favor. Uh, before you take off, uh, the uh, my browser that I, ha- I was monitoring the, uh, the broadcast on uh, crashed on me. Uh, and uh, I see the stream is still red, like it's going, but I have nothing to confirm it. Do you still see it on your phone or whatever you were watching it on? Uh, let me see. I'll be honest with you. Um, Take your time. It's live uh, radio. <laughs> yep, you're. Yeah, you're still. You're still. You're still there. <laughs> Excellent. Well, now I'm not as nervous. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Thanks a lot, and appreciate you calling in. And don't forget, we have a, a new episode coming out tomorrow morning all right anytime tony uh stay safe we'll talk to you later all right have a great day from the mind of Nikki g hey this is Nikki g and i I just gotta say uh canceling the uh easter jeep safari vendor show is a good call If, if i've watched enough horror movies it always starts and Henry the Rooster's giving it heck today. When chickens go through puberty, it's really hard. But uh, what? Like I was saying, <laughs> wait a minute. I've seen enough shows or enough movies to know that it always starts at some type of festival or open air market. Uh, so good call canceling it. And remember, we could stop the zombie apocalypse if we just tie everybody's shoestrings together before we bury them. <laughs> I know. I'm telling them, Henry. Henry the Rooster wants me to say, do sheep get static cling when they rub against one another? Yeah, I don't know either. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. That's a stupid question, Henry. Why why would you even want to know that? That was bad. (laughs) Wait, what's with the rooster in puberty? I had no idea. Uh, (laughs) You don't don't want to, Wendy. Just just back away. Take the rubber gloves off, put on a new pair. Wait, and he started talking about sheep. I think there's another problem. We have to, yeah, separate episode. (laughs) It's it's farm humor. (laughs) You must have needed this every day. It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff, pick of the week for your Jeep. And this week, we've got something that is ideal for those storage junkies out there. If, if you've got a Wrangler, then you know all too well, there just ain't nowhere to put nothing in them things. And so there's always a storage solution out there, and I found one that I love. Now, there, there's been versions of these that I've seen over the years, but this one is by far one of the most versatile. And what I'm talking about here are roll bar storage bags, and specifically the Super Re roll bar storage bag for the 1997 all the way up to the 2017 Jeep Wranglers, but this only fits the four doors. It will not fit the two-door models, but for the pair of them, they're just 64 bucks. These things have large storage capacity. The main pocket is large enough to fit big, bulky items typically found in recovery kits like snatch blocks, tree savers, toe straps, and more. The main compartment also has a partition enabling you to separate the main compartment into two different storage areas. Each bag has several pockets, elastic loops, rings, and mesh pouches that will fit all sorts of items, thus greatly expanding your Jeep storage capacity. 
There, it's made out of really high quality material. It's premium waterproof 600D Oxford cloth, some of the highest quality textile available for this type of storage system, making the bags both sturdy, durable, waterproof, and washable too. Easy to install, man. I mean, I'm talking no tools required. These mount to your roll bar using adjustable straps. Not only can these be installed in the Jeep, you can just quickly unstrap them and then use the built-in carry handle to take these roll bar storage bags with you into the campground or on a hike or into the house each night for security when the top is off. The package includes the two pieces. You can get one for each side, uh, including all the little rings and clips and straps that you're going to need to hook them up and uh, store whatever you want. And they come with a one-year warranty as well. Yeah, those things are really cool. <clears throat> I may have to get a set of these. Uh, that's not a bad price either. Uh, I may have no, to get I a thought set it was a good price. Yeah, yeah. No, it was for, a good price. For what you're yeah, for what you get here and the versatility of these things, because, I mean, honestly, one side could be completely dedicated to virtually your entire recovery kit honestly yeah. i mean to, to be honest these things are big enough to carry uh, i'm talking i mean any of those recovery kits where they've got you know gloves and snatch block and tree saver and toe strap all of that stuff will fit into one of these with room to spare and on the other side you could have you know your first aid kit a bunch of food and stuff it could be your go your bug out bag whatever um so stuff these the things dog. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, get a set of these things or two of them to have dedicated grab bags to where, okay, we're going to, you know, this one's the winter bag and, and this one's the dog bag and this one's the recovery bag. And it, you grab one for whatever trip that you need, whatever, you know, kind of experience you're taking your Jeep out for, you're going to be prepared for it by grabbing one of these things and it tucks out of the way and you really don't affect much of uh, the rest of the storage or interior of your Jeep considering where these things go. So these are triangular, triangular shaped, or a little bit of a trapezoidal shape, if you will, uh, and they are meant to fit up against the roll bar in between um, the kind of that roll bar, that dead space area on the side of the Jeep there. So yeah, definitely makes use of some, of some good space. Yeah, I was thinking too, this is a great idea because for us, we have a couple different bags and they're usually on the behind the driver's side on the floorboard. So if you've got extra people, you got to move those bags and then it's, what are you doing with the bags? So I like this idea of maybe being able to sort of clean that up a little bit. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm looking at them going, Hey, we need to check this out. Cause I think it's a great use of space. There's nothing else you're putting up there anyway in that space. So exactly. why not? Yeah. 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 And the floorboards are better used for uh, things like, you know, feet and, uh, you know, maybe a camera bag or a backpack with some of the cooler. essential gears in it, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> a cooler. There you go for the lunch goodies, you know, that That's sort right. of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, get the get the kind of stuff that makes the Jeep the Jeep out of the way. Get your interior space back. Get your get the livability back into your Jeep and uh, and get, get yourself back some free space by, by uh, getting a set of these. And now that you must have a set of these roll bar storage bags for the back end of your own Jeep, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 429. That's a good find, Josh. I like that. I'm going to have to mm -hmm. show it to the wife, though, and make sure she's uh, she's okay with it. I'm sorry. Well, it's it's not a it's not a set, right? It's not a pair. No, it is it's a one. set. It oh, is you it? Get a pair. That's what I'm saying. For what, what? you get for sixty four dollars, you get two of these things. Oh man! Yes, not deal. just one. You get a pair for sixty four bucks. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the, so much, and people are saying, oh, there's so there's a lot of four. Uh, I think these things have a four and a half or four and three quarter star review on Amazon right now, and and by a lot of reviews too. Uh, so there's a lot of people are saying, you know, I can fit two or three grocery bags worth of stuff into these things. You know, so they they pack up all the snacks and the groceries for when they go camping. It all goes into one of these things. There's uh, reports in 
there about people using these uh, for their grocery bags when they when they come out of the grocery store. Everything goes into these things. Oh, yeah. uh, makes it real easy and stuff mm. because they're up high too, so it makes it easy to unload and everything as well. So. Um, yeah, so, just a lot of a lot of uh, a really good positive feedback about these things on the web. So, are you saying that it would be easy to get those on and off? If, if it let's would say be. it's from weighted, what, you know, let's say it's I'm weighted at, with all that stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you are have a six four liter or two liter bottles in this thing full of Coca Cola, it might be a little difficult to maneuver around. But honestly, if you got a, a snatch block and a couple toe straps in there, some gloves, mm -hmm. you know, your average weight of what a recovery bag would be, I see no problem manipulating this for just about anybody getting it on and off the roll bar with ease. Yeah, it looks awesome, and the fact that there's two of them for that price, yeah, you you need to have this. Now, Josh, Josh, you missed a very important uh, thing about uh, how much storage these things have. How many rolls of toilet paper oh, right. can you fit <laughs> in this? Because it, and it's hidden. People wouldn't see it. They, they would not know. see it, it, and you wouldn't have to tell anybody. It'd be a secret. You could they, be like your stash. They wouldn't there, follow you, know? you. You know, a hundred no. miles just to wait for you to walk <laughs> away from the jeep and steal your TP. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. So we're, the, the link that uh, that we'll have in the show notes uh, that you guys can click on to get some of these uh, for your very own. Uh, check out the customer reviews. There's actually a customer video in there. Somebody does a nice walk around a high quality video. Uh, they kind of show how they installed them and what they're using them for and stuff. So a lot of pictures and stuff online as well of these things. Uh, if you're kind of concerned, you're on the fence about, well, I'm not sure if it's going to be right for me. Check out the link that we have on the site. Go check it out for yourself. Who knows? It might just change your mind. So, what's the maximum number of people that can gather together uh, during this uh, emergency? Is is three okay? I can't remember. Uh, uh, groups of less than ten around a campfire. Yeah, so that's all we can limit today is ten. <laughs> oh, gee, I'll be glad when this crap is over. It's it's really kind of scary with all this stuff going on. But uh, anyway, you've heard enough of uh, the coronavirus uh, chat just by watching in the news. What do you got for us tonight, Josh? Well, I got actually something, uh, it's an interesting topic uh, that was proposed to us, actually by a fan of the show, and I got to give a shout out and a big thanks to Jerry E. for suggesting this topic. He wrote into the show this week and uh, and suggested this, and I was like, yeah, you know what, this is one of those good topics uh, that is, one, very easy to cover, because honestly, I think all of us here on the show are pretty much going to be on the same page with this. <laughs> yeah. and, and here's the question that I'm going to propose to you that Jerry uh, gave us the suggestion on. He's, he said, what would be the absolute minimum a person would need in vehicle modifications and accessories to be have, have the ability to go off-road? And that's a good question because, you know, he told us, uh, he shared with us a story um, about, uh, he's owned several Jeeps over over uh, his lifetime and about one of his first Jeeps and about whether or not uh, he had the gear to take it off-road. Uh, and so it was it was a very interesting story and it, and it certainly raised the question about, you know, what do people need? Because there's a lot of misinformation out there and there's a lot of people out there, you know, from uh, from certain groups and stuff that say, well, you know, you got to have Dana 44s in it and, and, and a minimum of 35 inch tires to do anything off road. And it's just not true. Uh, in fact, uh, virtually any Jeep in stock form is going to be very capable and honestly capable enough to get you off road and get you out into Mother Nature and seeing some of those vistas that you can only see with a four wheel drive vehicle. 
and, and so I think we're all pretty much in agreement here that you don't need to have a massive lift kit. You don't need to have a fully armored vehicle and you don't need to have 35, 37 inch tires to be able to get off road and get out into the mother nature and enjoy what off roading is. What do you guys think about this? All right. I personally agree. I mean, I'm on a three and a half inch lift with 33s. But, well, who, who is this? Who is this? Uh, you got to tell the folks who, who's talking because they're freaking out I, right I, now because you don't have my voice. You don't have Wendy's voice. <laughs> I'm Travis's voice. Again, Travis always calling in, <laughs> boating my events, doing what I do. You're the, uh, you're the boardwalk, board, boardwalk, boardwalk Billy guy. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, go ahead. It, so, it is, so what do you think? It's 33s on a three and a half inch three and a half inch lift you know i'm sitting up doing well but i've got leaf springs and more often than not i'm going to get towed up a trail you know it's not because i don't want to be out there or i can't do it it's again it's spotters i'm looking at the wrong line or i'm trying to be more confident than i should be but long story short i don't mind getting towed up i don't mind being out there part of that is the adventure out there with my buddies i'm never going to see a hole that i'm not going to go through or try it you know, it's more or less rocks nowadays, what everybody's wanting to do. And a YJ with leaf springs isn't really made for that. I mean, it can be built up and do it. I mean, I just was watching videos of Tammy and Neil earlier, and I was super impressed with that YJ. But it's just, it's getting outside. It's enjoying the time with your people, with your friends. You know, it is, I've done it by myself, and I've, you know, called for help. And a few hours later, I've been there. That was also <laughs> when I was a kid and younger. Now I'm like, no, I'm going to ride with somebody, you know, and be with a group that can help me get out. No, that's a good point, Travis. And in fact, you know, there's a lot of groups out there. And in fact, just in my home state in Oregon here, um, there are some groups, one of uh, the nation's, in fact, uh, longest uh, recognized Jeep clubs, the... um, uh, now I'm brain farting on their uh, on their name. Jolly Jeepers. Uh, the Jolly Jeepers one uh, established clear back in like 1960. I think. Oh, you're banned uh, for forgetting their name uh, now. No, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but these guys, these guys are strong proponents of wheeling stock Jeeps. I mean, several of the guys have stock CJs out there and are wheeling out on these trails with a lot of the guys on lifted, you know, 33s and 35s and stuff like that, and they're holding their own. You know, I mean, there's there's a point in, in how to pick your line with a stock vehicle. You obviously can't take the same line as the guy with 37s in front of you, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you can't get up the trail at the same time or take the bypass and still get up on the top of the mountain with everybody else, you know? Right. That's it's what it's all about. And Travis really hit the point on the head is getting out there with the groups, getting out there and just being a part of Mother Nature, being uh, able to enjoy your Jeep for what it is, which is an off-road vehicle that has four-wheel drive. It was meant to, it was designed from the factory to go off-road the way it is off the off the uh, the factory showroom floor. So, you know, you're absolutely right. You're, you're, you're more than capable with the rig that you have. Obviously, with modifications and, and upgrades and stuff, that capability increases, but that doesn't mean that you can't get out there with a stock Jeep. So if you're, you know, you got a friend who's kind of, you know, interested in this, but he's kind of a little bit intimidated because, you know, all he knows is your Jeep with the 35s and tell them, hell, even rent a Jeep for the weekend and get up there and, and, and just see for yourself. It doesn't take a lot of gear uh, to get out and enjoy the off-road world. Yeah, people need to know this, that when you buy a Jeep, one of the Wranglers, well, I guess that's really all there is out there right now. When you buy a Wrangler off the showroom floor, you have purchased a very capable off-road vehicle. 
Uh, Absolutely. It, it, it may require a little more driver skill with it being stock than what you have. But, oh, and also, too, if you get a Rubicon, you know, all bets are off. You got front oh, and rear yeah. lockers that, down there. Got so. the armor, the recovery points, yeah, hook and caboodle. And that's one of the reasons why people go with the Rubicons is because all, if, if they just want to go off-road and they got something, boy, that's what you get and you go. Now, with something like that, maybe uh, a little bit of lift, uh, a little bit bigger tire. Now you have uh, even more capable uh, off-road vehicle. No, and there's a lot of clinics out there, too. And we, we in fact, um, here occasionally will highlight uh, in our interwheeling wear segments, uh, which um, we got on the website now, uh, events where, you know, it's a, it's a clinic specifically designed uh, to, to, for, to teach people wheeling 101, you know, the, the bare essentials of what you need. And, in fact, they encourage people to come with their stock vehicles uh, because it, it really sets up a precedence to develop your driver training more than relying on the vehicle's uh, abilities. And, and and there's a lot to that. Uh, starting off with a stock rig and working your way up through, you know, different builds and stuff like that versus, you know, right out the bat, getting a rig with 40s. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, okay, you know, clearly you're going to be able to crawl over virtually anything and it's not going to take a whole lot of skill. Uh, but, you know, obviously it's going to take a lot more skill to get a stock rig up the same trail. Now, some of you may not have been following along. Maybe you uh, didn't hear last week's episode, but we uh, were uh, requesting you guys joining in, in with us on the Camp Fireside chat. So you already heard from Travis. Uh, he, he jumped in on our Zoom meeting that we've got going on uh, currently while we're recording this. And uh, now we have uh, uh, Bill Stevens that's on here. Wendy, is this a cousin or something of yours? <laughs> Slightly related. That would be my husband. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Bill, uh, well, what do you think? We're, is, uh, we're not from the South. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in Southern California. <laughs> oh, Tony. Well, which am I? Not fruit, flight. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we may hear don't shots get, fired. <laughs> yeah, yes. don't get me started. Yeah. All right, Bill. So, so yeah. what's what's your take on this, Bill, about uh, whether or not a vehicle needs, you know, $10,000 in aftermarket equipment uh, before it's even ready to go off-road for its first time? Or, you know, is there a bare minimum a person would need in vehicle modifications to be ready to go off-road? Bare minimum would be oil in the crankcase. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know what? Go have fun. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of things you can add to it. And unfortunately, we've done that. Uh, but, you, you got know, to, man. You got to. You have to. Absolutely. Keep justified expense every payday. But uh, you can do a lot of things without that. I mean, you know, you guys, I guess, heard my story. I did with my mom years and years and years ago. And that was an old YJ with two inch lift and I think 31 inch all BFG all terrains. Wow. We had a blast. We had a blast. She did Moab a couple of years. Uh, she bent a front left uh, leaf spring and drove back from Moab. Oh, wow. So, yeah. You know, it was just a basic, basic rig. So there you can have a blast with uh with anything and sometimes uh like there's a couple of guys in our club uh we leave it in two-wheel drive on purpose yeah just to see what we can do you know to, to offer the challenge so now you you really don't need that stuff i mean if you're going to get into some serious crawling yeah you may need it otherwise you're just going to leave drive shafts and u-joints and various parts on some of the obstacles but uh 
Other than that, no. But that's all about control. You need to control. You need to know your machine, and you need to know how to control it. And sometimes yourself. And if you can, uh, if you can, uh, if you know your machine and you control yourself, uh, you can have a very good non-break experience. Absolutely. That's super important. Uh, controlling your throttle, and uh, you know, we teach people to two-foot it. One's on the throttle, one's on the brake, uh, and it's just about finesse. This isn't drifting. This isn't a trophy truck. And there's yeah, a lot to be know, said about seat time, having having that experience and 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 uh, the uh, the confidence and and really the confidence comes with more of that seat time. And it doesn't matter if you've owned your Jeep for two weeks and you're like, oh, I really don't want to scratch it. Well, you know, you don't have to take the the black diamond or the level ten trail. You know, you can go up some of the easy stuff. You can just hit the logging roads, get out into the woods and stuff like that. It's about having fun. It's about getting out there and using a function of your Jeep that you don't ordinarily get to do. It's a lot of fun, even in stock form, and it just gets better the more and more you go through it, the more and more you do it, and the more and more you, that you upgrade your Jeep. Well, and that's Absolutely. something too, being a newbie that I, I think is really important to stress is that really all you need is the keys to the Jeep. Get out and go start to experience it. And then as you start to Jeep with other people, you start to see Oh, they were able to go up this or that. And honestly, you can get out and experience with minimum, with hardly anything and still do it. We we have a couple of stock Jeeps in our club that go out with us. And, you know, they're not doing the Black Diamond runs, of course, but they're definitely out there. And it's amazing to watch a stock Jeep, no lift, just coming right off the, off the uh, showroom floor, a, seeing what it can do. And it does build that confidence for yourself. So if you're brand new and you're out there with a new Jeep and you're not sure that you can hang with everybody's doing all this tough stuff, just get out there and go experience it because I think minimum is really all you really need. So Man, some of be... the best part of that too is when somebody shows up with a stock Jeep like that and we, we talk them into doing something. <laughs> the best part of it is the look on their face once yeah. they've completed. Like, oh, oh my yeah, gosh, that is priceless. Oh, and, and God, yeah. bless, God bless anybody that can take a $50,000 Jeep or, or more, like <laughs> if it was a Jeep truck, and straight off the showroom floor and take it out on the, the trail. Yes, I would have a hard time it. doing I've got that. A, I've no, got a story like that. <laughs> there, was, there was a guy, uh, I was out, out on a club run one year, and uh, and this guy joined in on us, and he was just, you know, Joe Blow off the street. Hey, I just got this JKU, and this was back in, you know, like 2014. I mean, he had he had like one of the first generations, you know, um, and, and it was, you know, brand spanking and the thing had like a thousand miles on it he had already put a big lift and tires on it and a bunch of uh, a bunch of accessories and stuff i mean clearly put a lot of money into something that he had a lot of pride in right off the bat and immediately had a desire to take it off road of course he ended up getting some trail damage the very first try <laughs> out but he was one of those guys who was like no i'm you know i can do this it's like, really? Because you've never been off-road before. No, I got this. Really? Because this is a double black diamond trail. No, really, I, oh I can do my this. Gosh. It's like, oh, okay. You know, and, and sure enough, he ended up scratching the whole side of his Jeep, all the crap and back. And, and But, you know, I saw the guy for years afterwards and at various shows around the area. And I always say, you know, hey, man, what's up? And he recognized me and stuff. I, I, had, I had to spot him a few times on, on trails. And so... Usually, you know, if you're a first-time Jeeper and somebody is helping you through a trail, they are going to be a a, a big savior to you, and you're yes. likely going to recognize that person in, in, uh, in public later on down the road. And so he and I kind of had this relationship and stuff, but it was one of those things where it, he just got out and did it, and and just going out and and sort of uh, getting your feet wet and stuff like that was all that it was to it. 
uh, you know, Sh- Sean from Oklahoma, what do you think about all this? You know, what, what's, what, what would it take? What would be your ideas for the bare minimum of modifications and accessories for a Jeep to go off road? Well, that's pretty much what I've done. I have a 2014 JKU and the only lift kit I have is a two inch Evo leveling kit. And I take that everywhere. I, it's a sport. There's no lockers. But, you know, that's why I bought a win. So those times when I can't get up something or, uh, you know, need would have to have lockers going through a snow drift, which sometimes doesn't help. Um, you get practice using that winch. And, you know, that's why we bought the toys was to use them. So why not use it? Now, Sean, uh, your, your name actually says Sean from Oklahoma. Were you wheeling Oklahoma? Because I know it's flat. You don't need any. You don't need to winch yourself up anything in Oklahoma. It's not that flat. We have we have some mountainous areas and and we have some good, good wheeling spots um, where you know a lot of rocks. Uh, Disney Oklahoma is a, a hugely popular uh, spot and uh, crossbar off road park. I mean um, Robbers Cave. We have a, a Robbers Cave State Park actually put in. A wheeling spot is the only uh, Jeep oh, wheeling wow. spot State Park has uh, operating in Oklahoma, and we're looking awesome. to open up more of them. So, you know, he said Disney, Oklahoma, and I, I'm really trying hard not to make the Mickey Mouse joke, the oh, standard Mickey Mouse joke. Have to say, oh, I'm, I'm thinking more like Disneyland. Yeah, <laughs> Disneyland. It yeah. hits that for pro people. I mean, they get they get crazy out there. It's pretty nice. Wow. But you know, so Sean. John, real quick, uh, in, in Oklahoma, are you seeing uh, Jeep events being canceled out there? Like, you know, Easter Jeep Safari, uh, obviously one of the world's biggest Jeep events uh, ever for the first time in 50 years being canceled. Uh, anything like that that you're seeing in the Jeep world in Oklahoma? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's been a few uh, Jeep meetings that were canceled, at, you know, uh, get-togethers, uh, potlucks, things like that. Um, also, the Robbers Cave State Park Jeep Invasion was canceled it's uh supposed to go on in april end of april and they had uh postpone it or uh, move it to the end of the year um yeah we're definitely seeing that out here and you know even um I, rednecks with paychecks um, <laughs> oh yeah i heard yeah. It was, was canceled i mean they shut that down wow that's so, a big yeah, event too it, i mean tens of thousands of people at that event wow. oh yeah yeah, it's just a shame. Just a shame. But if it saves lives, I guess it's worth it. Uh, and I guess we'll never know if it uh, if it really made a difference or not. Uh, just hopefully uh, we, we won't have a lot of uh, uh, deaths associated with it. Well, there yep. it is, so folks. I- we heard from five different corners of the United States here. Um, all Everybody's pretty much on the same page. You need to have some oil in the crankcase and a key to the Jeep, and that's really about all that you need to get yourself <laughs> off-road and to have some fun. And obviously, it can go up from there, but it doesn't take much at all, really, for you to have some fun, to get involved with the Jeep world. All you really need is a Jeep and some keys. Yeah, it's really cool. That's it's just amazing. Jeep is just an amazing vehicle, and it it all started out of uh, the need for something to go anywhere uh, in war. And here's another thought: so you start off with a new Jeep, or you get out and you sort of do some things, and you might damage or break or scratch some things, and that's how you upgrade. <laughs> Very true. I, I recommend buying two. Buy two Jeeps, and then you have one for spare. <laughs> well, I always say that the Jeeps never break; they only give you opportunities for upgrades. I agree. 
Well, if you'd like to join in on the campfireside chat like our guest did with us tonight, we'd sure like to have you. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us. And be sure that you are friending us on Facebook and you can get those notifications for when we go live. I think this is the perfect day to take the top off. Oh, what the heck is this? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Maybe you should have checked the Jeep weather with Mitch. Howdy, Jeeper. Mitch here. Today is the Friday 20th of March, 2020, and it's time for your weekend going topless Jeep weather report. Most of North America, and the world for that matter, is going into quarantine protocols and social distancing. Which is very contrary to how us Jeepers operate, since off-roading is always safer and more fun than pairs to groups. We just cannot enjoy the backwoods like we used to. This doesn't mean to not take that top off and cruise with your family down to some country roads in the light of our star. Just be smart and safe out there. For those of us with most love life locked down, this week's weather report will be different. I'm going to suggest a few YouTubers that I follow in which you can live vicariously through their past adventures. The first is Trail Recon. Hosted by guests, we've had on the show a few times, Brad, his son, and lots of buddies go on adventures throughout the western U.S. He features Trail 101, radios, equipment, and just well-edited and beautifully filmed scenery in his adventures. Next, go check out Brittany and Kevin over at Lightbright. Driving all over the country with their Wrangler, the Stepchild, and building a Gladiator, the Foster Child, they explore, meet, and off-road with Jeepers everywhere they go. A high-energy couple with loads of adventures. Lastly, Check out Ben, also known as JK Gear and Gadgets. He's got lots of Jeeps in which he's constantly tinkering with. Guy got lucky last year and road tripped out to SEMA with a bunch of awesome Jeep guys. If you like you're just a regular guy, like us, just being awesome in a Jeep life, then check out Ben. All these Jeepers are honest, personable, hardworking Jeep fans and are truly feel like part of their crews and ventures with their great production quality. I have links to all these guys in my show notes on JeepTalkShow.com, episode 429. Now, don't forget to use the hashtag Jeep Talk Show on social media. Also, don't forget to tag at Jeep Talk Show and me for us to see those Jeeping topless pictures. If you have any suggestions or want to know your local weather in an upcoming episode, then find me on Instagram at Jeep Out West or go to JeepTalkShow.com slash contact and for order to find all the ways to get a message to me. I'm Mitch. It's always a great weekend to go topless if you're brave enough. Just go topless responsibly and wash your hands. Hey, thanks, Mitch. Always good to know where we can take the top off. Now, ordinarily in this part of the show, we would direct you to go to jeeptalkshow.com to check out some events from around the U.S., but as we've heard at the top of the show and throughout the show, events are being canceled left and right around the nation. Runs aren't happening, and meetups have been postponed or canceled for the foreseeable future. Now, we're going to continue to highlight events as we can, but be advised, there's a good chance nobody's going to be showing up. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, continue to tell people all about the show and help spread the word. The Jeepers have been doing a great job lately at that. And as always, thank you for that and for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Warning, the Jeep Talk Show and its ingredients have not been evaluated or approved by the FDA to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any known rash, virus, disease, or illness of any kind. Unless that illness stems from a lack of nature, dirt, mud, rocks, and exhaust fumes. But even then, we're just a podcast. We really can't help you. (gasps) Or can we? (laughs) Podcasting since 2010.